still trying. I'm still trying. Hello, I can't even do this. Hello and welcome. This is the Art of Giving Up, your podcast for giving up because life sucks and it's too hard, not holding on to friends because you don't know how to social and internet Facebook memes. As always, I'm your host, Steven, and again with me, I have Astrid. Hi, Steven. How are you today? Yeah, we're real professional right now. oh man this is so good um like always we're here talking about i guess sucking at life and also <laughs> mental illness because there's a lot of people out there who are suffering not just in public but in their own private lives not knowing that there are other people out there like them so this is what we're here to do and this week we're going to be talking about what are we talking about this week we're going to be giving some tips and information to people who love people with mental illness. So, pretty much, if you are mentally ill, that means that you're lovable, that somebody can love you? I'm asking, I don't know. Yes, but also, this is for people who have friends, family, significant others who have mental illness and what to say, what not to say, how to help support them, and not come off like a dick. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Let's just get into this. How hard is it to be friends with, family of, and in love with someone with mental illness? Um, Probably really hard. <laughs> Depends how mentally ill you are. That's definitely a factor. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so cool. Shots fired. I think that... We all probably have somebody we care about who has mental illness. And it's really important that we learn how to better support these people. Having a support system when you are suffering from any kind of illness is extremely important to your recovery process. So pretty much it boils down to like you need people to be there for you and knowing exactly what to do. And I think that whenever you go online, you look at these little infographics and stuff like the ones that we've been sharing on the, you know, Art of Giving Up Facebook page. I think one of the things that gets missed is not just what we should do, but some of the things we shouldn't do. Yeah, like, definitely. You know, because like everybody's like, well, you should be there and you should be supportive mm-hmm. and you should listen, right? Um, but we don't really talk about things that we shouldn't do because. Dealing with someone with mental illness, uh, with depression, um, with anxiety, as we all have in our personal lives, sometimes it can be frustrating. And I don't know about you, but I feel bad being frustrated by somebody who really is having a hard time. They're having a hard time 
they really can't do much about it. And I don't know what to do. And I just feel, I mean, not exactly resentful because when it's like a coworker, I mean, I guess you could, you know what? I resent them because <laughs> <laughs> when I don't, when I'm at work, um, and I'm doing somebody with anxiety, I'm thinking, man, that sucks. I feel bad for you, but I also want to like get my job done and go home. So stop being sad or anxious and do your job, you know, which is not unfair an expectation for when you're in a work environment, you know, but dealing with people is more complex and I just don't know how to not be like, like, I feel so bad. So then I'll either like how to tell oh, well, since you have anxiety, I will just let you get away with whatever, or you have anxiety, so I feel anxious about your anxiety, so I just let you get away with whatever you want, or uh, I I don't know what to say to you because you have anxiety or depression or whatever. Like, I literally do not know what to do. So you, yes, you, I'm pointing at you. This is good radio. I'm pointing at you. You tell me, what should I not do? Because I have no idea. What you should not do is overly coddle that person. Um, It's really important to set boundaries for yourself, whether it be at work or with someone you're closer with, because constantly dealing with someone else's mental illness will wear on you. You shouldn't tell them if they're having, if they're hyperventilating, don't keep telling them to take deep breaths. They can't take deep breaths, okay? They would just do it. Don't tell them, do you need me to call an ambulance? That will definitely set a lot of people off. I know for me, if you offer to call an ambulance, I'm going to freak out more. So I think it's important to not, sorry, smother someone who's having a panic attack or any kind of crisis. Um, But also for your coworkers, loved ones, whatever, who are suffering with depression, it's important to check in on them, but do not smother them and be constantly bothering them because they don't want every five minutes are you okay are you okay are you okay they're not okay but you know so this is where i I run into a big problem myself where like i instead of coddling sometimes what i'll do is is i'll pull back and then like so it's like i'm going to say nothing or it's either i'm gonna ask if you're okay 15 times in a row or i'm going to say nothing and just like feel really anxious about whether or not you're okay, you know. And I'm looking at the infographic that you like posted on like Facebook the other day, and it has some do's and don'ts for how to help someone battling severe depression. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, like the first one, for example, is one that I think is nonsense, and I don't think anybody would ever say this to someone who's really struggling. I don't think anyone would would really, no one who's like, not an asshole would be like it's all in your head i don't think anybody would really i've totally had people tell me that i you know it doesn't necessarily apply to say depression but when you're schizophrenic oh you get that one all the damn time so i get that right you know but like here's the thing is that like i look at all these do's and don'ts and it's and it's really it's really easy when someone is sad to try to make them cheer up or offer them quick fixes or steer clear of certain topics, which is something that I really do 
because I feel and I'm not really wrong in that in my interactions with you there are things that bother you and I say things and they're not they're innocent but they upset you but I should not avoid talking about them like I don't understand like I this was very difficult like I don't understand like if you're in a sit like if there's something innocuous like I don't know you don't like curtains but like I got some new curtains if I came home one day and I was like yo I got some new curtains and you'd be like really I don't know like I'm scared to tell you I have new curtains it's a really bad analogy but like is this really easy to steer clear of things that you think might upset someone I think it's important to make the effort if it's something that's not a really big deal say curtains if i had some kind of fear of (laughs) curtains you could just never talk to me about Mm -hmm. curtains and it wouldn't ruin your life um however if you're dealing with someone and you have to talk to them about say something they do that is completely inappropriate but every time you try to bring it up they get upset you still have to have that conversation with them which i wanted to quickly talk about setting up boundaries for yourself as a person who loves or cares for someone with mental illness you have to be able to put up boundaries um because people with mental illness sometimes need a lot of support and reassurance and validation but if it gets to the point where it's wearing on you it's really important that you be able to take a step back without feeling guilty or wrong for doing that. At the end of the day, you can't really take care of anyone else if you're not even able to take care of yourself. So what are some boundaries like that we can set up to do something like that? Like, I, I, what kind of boundaries? I don't know. Uh, a good example would be if you are with someone and they need a lot of reassurance or validation or they're very paranoid and they call you every day at 3 a.m. to make sure you're where you're supposed to be at 3 a.m. and that bothers you, that's a boundary that you have to set up and you have to be, I can't call it, you can't call me at 3 a.m., you know, shut your phone off at that time. You can't really let people who have mental illness kind of take advantage of you even if they're not doing it because you feel bad that they're suffering even if you love them and you care for them i'm really guilty of this where if i find somebody who i get emotional support from i will keep going back to that person even when it's not convenient for them and then i'll feel rejected when they can't help me but it's important that you don't overwhelm you know how do you then how do you deal with that like i do not understand how because if you were calling me every day at 3 a.m. and then I start not answering, I make it clear to you this is not appropriate and I turn the phone off, and wouldn't you be distraught, distressed? Wouldn't you be, wouldn't it make it worse? And I know that it's not really my responsibility, I guess, at the end of the day, to manage anyone's depression or manage anyone's else's anxiety when I have my own issues right it's not really my place but it's really easy to fall into that especially when you care about someone because I 
would be afraid of losing them or hurting them because you don't want to hurt the people that you love and care about you know and i guess the first step really is setting up boundaries but not just setting them up in your head but communicating them clearly and being like hey listen i'm here for you but i have to work every day at 5 a.m so i'm always here for you but you have to understand that at 3 a.m in the morning i cannot answer the phone and i understand that logically but emotionally i find it so hard to not just want to be there especially when it's someone that you care about or someone who's supporting you i i don't you know i have a hard time wrapping my mind around that and then i look at my own life and i see people who are struggling and going through hard times and i just want to be there and I want to save them but it's not my responsibility and I know it's not my responsibility but in a way when you love someone and care about them it, it's a little bit of that burden is yours not the whole burden but a little bit of it is yours and I guess you know that's probably like the second thing is like kind of being realistic about how much of that burden you're willing to take on to your own because i think that we've all been guilty of like um taking on more than we're like i think that especially when i was younger you know dating girls who are just like every two minutes man i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna save you you know <laughs> and after two weeks it's like just fucking kill yourself like you know like because it's too much and i know that I'm very empathetic and I'm very guilty of when I see someone I care about being sad. I just can't do anything but hurt. Or if I say something to you and you get upset, I hurt so fucking bad. But I, I mean, I guess I's not, I shouldn't hurt, but I just have to deal with it. And I, I guess, I don't know. I, I really, it's really hard when you actually care. Cause when you don't care, that's when it's difficult, right? If you have family members you don't care about, or you like, if you have family members who you feel obligated to, but you don't really care, I guess don't support them. Don't let them burden you. Don't let them drag you down into the depths of the mud. Just bear with them. Just be like, yo, I don't want you in my life. But somebody you actually care about, it's hard to let them hurt. But I don't know about you, but I'm no hero, right? You know, I always say that. I was like, I'm nobody's hero, but I still try to be a hero anyway, so. I don't know. I, I don't. When you're faced with those situations, a really good thing to do is offer them other means of support for when you're not going to be available. Ask them about things that they enjoy that can help them calm down from having any kind of episode that they're having and see if they would maybe be able to do those things during the hours that you're sleeping and working provide them with some links to helplines or online free therapy chat sites so that in case of an emergency they can reach out to someone but that someone doesn't have to be you and i understand this sounds really harsh uh but <laughs> at the end of the day we cannot 
become so burdened by everyone else's problems that we're no longer able to focus on our own. I've let myself become so overwhelmed with other people's mental health issues that I've neglected my own. And then, you know, two weeks into it, I'm the one who's in the psych ward for trying to kill myself because I was so busy trying to stop someone else from going to psych ward for killing themselves. So <laughs> it just, it's, it's a vicious cycle. We need to be able to provide people with better support systems. And it's also important that you not be the only person that this person can rely on. If you are, you'll get those 3 a.m. phone calls. And also, you're not ever going to be able to help that person to the capacity they need it to because it's impossible for one person who's not a mental health professional to be able to deal with that. So that person's going to get hurt either way when you're no longer able to help them or you've helped them as much as you possibly can, but they need real true help mm. that goes beyond some validation or telling them, you know, I love you. I care about you. I'm here for you. You can call me at 3 a.m. even though I've had two hours of sleep since Wednesday, you know. Um, I think that a lot of people who might listen to this might especially find it really applies to like romantic relationships, you know, because the truth is, is that when you are with your family, unless you are living and caring and the caretaker for a mother, the father, grandfather, or a parent of charge of children, generally we're dealing the hardest when it's somebody that we love in a romantic relationship. And you said something very interesting about how not being their only support like system. And I have, not that I'm older, when I was younger, I definitely was like, I'm your everything, you're my everything, let's do that really unhealthily, you know? But now that I'm older, I'm definitely like, have your friends, like, it's okay if we want to be around each other all the time, you know? But you have to do things outside and meet other people and, and socialize because it's very healthy and it allows you to build a support structure, you know what I mean? You cannot let one person become your everything, but we can't lie. In really committed relationships, monogamous relationships, not to shun my polyamorous, pe polyamorous people out there, you know, I have some very close friends, you know you are, Christina, who, that's their <laughs> thing. I don't hate that, you know, but it's different, you know. In monogamous, committed relationships, you do end up being very close to one person and one person does become a lot of your time and your energy so how do you approach that now i think it's funny that i ask you all these things i ask you because we're not like doctors about that right you know but i feel like you have, you have a lot of experience in being open with like your mental illness and stuff like that and in the last few years i've like come to the realization that something's fucking wrong with me <laughs> and i'm i'm not the most mentally stable health you know and i've never been but i never really acknowledged it so i've done a lot of toxic things and had a lot of negative things happen to me but you as a person who is aware of the things and has been in these situations i ask you because you have experienced these things so from your opinion like how, how do you deal with that in that kind of relationship like how do you deal with that how do you deal with being in a monogamous relationship 
with someone who is mentally ill or being the person and them just needing you and in that instance you do you have committed to being there for them you know how do you do that i think it's really important that if you're in a committed relationship where you're spending a lot of time with this person especially if you're living with this person that you and them discuss maybe going to therapy be it for both of you or one of you make sure that you communicate with them that you cannot always 24 hours a day seven days a week be there because you do have other responsibilities you can't have them calling you at work because if you get fired that's a big problem you can't have them asking you to stay home if you had plans with your friends just because they're feeling insecure or something that stuff is not good and the ways to prevent it are clear and open communication establishing boundaries saying this will not work we can try to find the middle ground but you can't expect me to play therapist for you when you can just go see a therapist uh i keep stressing the importance of people with mental illness getting treatment and the reason i do that is because i've been in a lot of therapy and even though a lot of it wasn't fantastic i learned a lot of very important coping skills and how to interact with other people and not be just off the fucking rails so the reason i'm able to have interpersonal relationships today is because of all the years i spent going to therapy so if you're in one of these relationships or even if you're in a polyamorous relationship with your primary partner it's really important that you have them in a support group therapy find them an online forum or a facebook group for mental illness support so they can reach out to other people who can better understand them especially if you don't have the same issues they have because you're never going to be able to relate even if you can empathize mm. now i think um this is so good i always learn i learn all the things i like to um i find that i know nothing about nothing <laughs> i find though that in some of the things you say i've experienced a lot of that and it all has boiled down to me being insecure and me being anxious you know so like when a partner is like hey you know um they feel like insecure of you hanging out with friends i feel terrible and i want to dump my friends like fuck them <laughs> like and i love my friends so much but i feel so bad that i genuinely not in like some weird passive aggressive like like ah oh, fine i want to hang out with my friends then no like genuinely just like i get so concerned that i just want to like i feel so bad and that's why my own mental illness in my head because i get so sad i just feel so terrible and i don't always know how to cope with like nice trauma response <laughs> i know right it's not good and i know that like when i'm at work and stuff and i have like a co-worker alexis who was great would have a lot of anxiety and sometimes it would piss me off i'm like just trying to work you know 
but she's great she's so amazing and then sometimes i would feel so sad for her you know and then i'd be like so in my own sadness like you ever been around you ever like you're you're upset all right and then the other person's upset it becomes about them right you know sometimes i fight really hard to not make it about me because if somebody's really sad the also i get really sad and now it's just like well damn now i'm sad too you know and then you don't want to be sitting there just like well i feel bad me too you know i feel like doesn't it really help no you know it doesn't really help not at all but you do feel sad and that's why like you say you need to get some psychiatrist you need to get some help you need to get somebody to help you get your shit together and i i don't know in those situations it's probably just best to say i hear what you're saying your feelings are valid let me know what i can do to better support you that's one of the most important things that we need to do with our loved ones or coworkers, friends, family, whatever, who have mental illnesses, ask them what you can do for them and then see how much of that is feasible and go from there. Uh, I do think that it's important to not offer advice, unsolicited advice. No one wants it. Of course. That's why it's unsolicited. Don't uh, please never so tell depressed people to do yoga. Vegan? Do not do it. How are you vegan and fat? Right. Oh <laughs> yeah, that one, my favorite one. Yeah. Um, so I have to say this one. I'm gonna get candid. I'm gonna get real candid up in here. I'm gonna get candid. Could 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 could. I wanted to. Candid rhyme. Kardashian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Oh, uh, wow. Lost my train of thought, man. Proud of you. Huh? Proud of you? I, I'm really proud of me too. Um, <laughs> man, this right here is always really fun, and I I always find myself so educated. And I feel so I feel like I'm always interviewing you. You know what I mean? Because you don't do a lot of question asking. You know, you do a lot of like listening and replying. You know. Well, you ask the questions. What am I supposed to do? Ask questions. I mean, if you wanted to ask questions, I guess. How are you handling your mental health? Terribly, I think. I'm not sure. I feel really anxious and concerned about expressing myself when it comes to my mental health. So, there, that's how I'm handling it. Not well at all. I hear what you're saying and your feelings are valid. <laughs> Let me know what I can do to better support <laughs> you in your time of need. I got my thought back. This is good. Um... So I'm going to be real candid right here. Maybe you can help me discover the solution for this, right? So we don't, we, you and I are not good at helping each other. Okay? <laughs> you think? We're not, okay? Because if I need help, I won't accept it. If you need help, you will not accept it, right? And Stubborn as shit. That is really not healthy, right? So, like, what can we do, as an example to these people, what can we do to remedy that? Oh, man, you really put me on the spot here, didn't you? Yeah, because you know all the stuff. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, so what advice I would give to us is to sit down and have a conversation and say, Hey, Astrid, you know what? I have a really hard time accepting help from you, and I notice that when I offer you help, even if you need it, even if you pull the muscle in your back and you can't let me help you, I think it's important that we work on this what is your qualms with accepting help? And then I would tell you that I don't like to feel helpless and I don't like to feel 
like I have to rely on other people. I've been very independent for a very long time. So I would tell you that I have insecurities about looking weak and accepting help makes me feel like a little bitch. And then you would tell me however you feel about that. I'd be like, you know, it's really interesting because I feel the same way. <laughs> it seems like we have something in common. I am afraid of allowing someone else to support me because if they decide to let go figuratively, I might fall and I'll have nothing. Even if it is just helping me do the smallest thing, I'm really afraid of losing everything and being perceived as weak. And so I don't know how to accept help or ask for it, even when I badly need it. Look at that. That, that, kind, that kind of works. Right? You know, it kind of works. Wow, that's good. We, we're awesome. My response to this would be, well, Stephen, I care about you a lot and you're a very important person to me. I'm offering you help because I want to help you. And it would be nice if I was able to give you that kind of support. It would be really awesome if you could accept it, even if you need a couple of days to think it over. That way, in the future, if you do need my help with something, you won't feel so bad if I offer to help you. Every time I offer to help you, you're like, no, it's okay. And then you're <laughs> like, oh man, this situation's really bad. I wonder what we could do to alleviate it when I'm over here. Like, I am the solution to your problems. Well, you know what's funny? Because I think that this kind of goes into something that we were talking about earlier. And it's like, you, I do not know how to react around you sometimes. So in addition to my own insecurities and anxieties and my own, like, I don't want to accept help from anyone, no friend, no family, no lover, no nothing, right? At the same time, I know that you've had all these things happen to you in the past and you have these mental illnesses, right? So I don't know what to say. And I just like, so in addition to that, I have the double thing, you know, and I don't know what to say sometimes, you know, which is why I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to use this as a thing for the future for me with you and everyone else. Because the key really is that we just need to talk to each other. Whenever you don't know what to say, ask the person what you can do for them. And you know something? I think that this is definitely a good place to end. And I think that we have to really focus on communicating, not just about the things that we personally, you and I, are really good at talking about uncomfortable things, except when it's uncomfortable for us. <laughs> <laughs> we can, you know, we can talk about all kinds of politics and this and that. But whatever comes down to actually us, not so good at it. Not know? at all. And I think zero out of ten. Yes, yeah, oh, negative five. You know, half a zero. That's <laughs> true. Infinite zero. We just gotta no nine. Or, yeah, whatever. We we just gotta that zero and zero whatever. That's attractive. We need to really figure out. <laughs> <laughs> we need to really, as people, all people need to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to communicate, but we need to be honest with others and ourselves. So, like always, Instagram, Facebook, 
Google, Art of Giving Up, Art of Giving Up, Art of Giving Up. Think there's a trend there? <laughs> the Facebook group, The Art of Giving Up. Follow us. You're going to get infographics and stuff and articles and you're going to get the newest podcast posted. You can follow us on or subscribe via RSS feed. Play the new Play podcast app. The Stitcher, iTunes, your favorite podcatcher, we're there. And so, like always, peace. Peace.